Hello and welcome to the worldwide broadcast of the Ted and Austin Brower Show, bringing you the latest world news and health research. You guys are having a blessed, wonderful day today, and we're staying busy as always down here at Health Masters. And we have another batch of the vitamin C antioxidants. You guys know that product's been coming in kind of in waves, and we have another big one coming in tomorrow. So we will have all those ready to go as of tomorrow. And again, be sure to check out the sale product this month, the HGH Stimulate. Very, very popular product. Incredibly good for blood flow, circulation, energy, and muscle endurance while exercising. So be sure to check that out. Now, I've been watching a lot of this stuff now that's been going on in Ottawa and Canada. Now, apparently, in New Zealand, they're having this massive trucker convoy now that's now blocking the capital, New Zealand, which I'm proud of those guys in New Zealand. is definitely starting to spread and leading by example. And I saw one of the articles talking about in Ottawa, Canada, one of the judges ruled that in the city ordinance, nobody could honk their horn for the next 10 days because of all the train horn, air horns that the truckers were running. And so they proceeded to basically sit on their train horns repeatedly and just let their compressors run and keep the tanks full (laughs) and keep honking. And apparently they've still like blocked everything up. And what's funny, I saw a interview, a short interview with Trudeau and he's pitching a fit like a little stepchild, so mad that he's not getting his lollipop that he wants. And I mean, he's just having a fit. And uh, he went on to say, he goes, a few people shouting and waving swastikas doesn't define who the Canadians are. This needs to stop immediately. Now, what's interesting about it, I have not seen one single swastika anywhere on any protest, on any flag. Um, I'm sure they may have had a counter-protester that was with Antifa or something that may have come out there and tried to get a flag up in the air and somebody get a photo of it. That may have happened. But what they're trying to do is they're trying to belittle this group, this giant group, and basically try to discredit them and make them seem as now they're pulling the racist card. Oh, they're, they're waving swastikas now. It's, again, I didn't see any of that. I don't know. I haven't talked to anybody that's seen anything like that at all. But the truth about it is this. They've had enough of it. In Canada, i got to commend these truckers. And it shows everybody real quick. They just park these things in the middle of the street. You just park a semi-truck and shut the motor off. You ain't moving it. I mean, you're trying to get a tow truck down there when you're running a you – know, they got loads behind them and everything else. And the tow truck companies have said, oh, sorry, we can't tow anybody right now. Uh, we're down due to COVID. So um, sorry about that. We'll have to get back to you. And it shows you very clearly what happens when you have individuals and you have we the people, so to speak, come together and start standing up for freedom. Remember what I say all the time? They can't hang us all. They can't arrest all of them. I haven't seen much of anything. Even a lot of the law enforcement is kind of like, dude, we don't really know what to do with this. It's kind of a – we kind of support the truckers. We're trying to follow orders. But there's not much we can really can do. Obviously, this is something that needs to be happening. And you know, I've seen a couple texts and memes on it. Dad sent me some this morning too, and I thought to myself, how accurate is this? And it brought up the topic of do you wonder why they want to have these full vehicle kill switches implemented in cars all across North America – by 2025, 2026, the infrastructure bill, and have full monitoring and control of the vehicles, especially in the EV systems. Well, yeah, now you know why. How are you supposed to protest with vehicles? How are you supposed to go convoy if they turn around, they shut everybody's vehicles off? This is exactly why they want to do it, and this is why I have said repeatedly I do not support the EV push at all. Not only is the infrastructure not in place, it is a giant 
Trojan horse into making everybody think it is this latest and greatest technology that we all need to adapt to. And in reality, it does not have any benefit to us whatsoever when it comes to the overall aspect of freedom. There may be some benefit of, oh, it produces slightly less emissions in a gasoline-powered car. Then you have to wonder, where's the power coming from? Coming from a coal power plant? Where, where, where's your electricity coming from? How are you charging up your car every single day? Or you're going to these hyper stations on the, you know, by the gas stations now and plugging in all the time. I've seen those before where they have a giant backup generator, probably, you know, run by propane or diesel fuel back. So if anything goes down, they can try to flip those back on and still have some backup power. But again, it shows you that everything has to have some type of power from somewhere and trying to say the government needs to have all the power over the vehicles and they can just flip a switch and the vehicle shut down, perfect example on why that should never be allowed to occur. You think they have the control right now. They don't have any control. They're showing you right now with the truckers what they're doing, how quickly we the people can make a difference. So glad to see that as well. But also, too, understand, as I've continued to say, there's going to be blowback from this all across from an economic situation when it comes to food and prices and shortages. Tyson Foods just soared another record high hiking on beef, chicken, and pork prices. They went on to say that beef prices are up 32% in the quarter with chicken up 20% and pork up 13%. And if you guys know, that's pretty accurate. I told you guys a couple months ago that we had the food buckets, the specifically the meat buckets that we sell and they taste pretty good. I actually made some of the beef the other day, beef cheesy with the uh, some rice and green beans. I try them out occasionally. If i got to open one or I have to have a replacement or something or i got a damaged can, I'll go through and I'll open one up, and I'll try different packets of it occasionally. Or if I you know, don't have any food here at the office for lunch, I'll just make one, see how they taste. And overall, for what they are, I've been very, very pleased with them. Some of the sodium is a little bit high, so I've noticed you get a little bit thirstier when you eat it, just being honest. But on the other hand, too, that's not really going to hurt you that much, especially if you're drinking adequate water and you're also active, especially down here in Florida where you're sweating all the time and it's unbelievably hot about nine months out of the year. <laughs> it's not going to hurt you one bit, but that's something also to have in food when it's stored you know, for 15, 20, 25 years. It's just part of it. There's no way around it. So again, when we saw the prices increase on that, I told a lot of the customers, hey, listen, they're, they're raising up the prices like $40 a bucket. Wholesale's going up. It was like 35%, 40%, I think, 50%. I mean, it was insane how high they went up on one price increase. They told me, they said, dude, we're looking at the projections. All the meat prices are going up through the roof over the next 12 months. It just is what it is. So, again, it's important that as these things occur, we all still continue to stay prepped and ready and supportive of one another and also self-sufficient because that's the only way this works with us being able to push back and maintain our rights and liberties is we have to be self-sufficient. You can't go in and be trying to act like you're you know, a hard butt. You can handle all this stuff. And then all of a sudden you go, oh, well, by the way, I only have two days worth of food. So I need to see if I can uh, you know, get, get some more free food from the government or if they can hand me some food. It doesn't work like that. If you don't want to be dependent on an individual, you can't keep taking free stuff from them. That's just the way it works. Also, too, in other news, I thought this was very interesting now. Reports come out from the director of the – Ikelov Hospital in Israel, and uh, according to Professor Yokov Jarek, the hospitals in Israel now, they're saying that 70 to 80 percent of the serious COVID cases in the hospitals are fully vaccinated individuals. He's also claiming the vaccine had no significance regarding severe illness. Imagine that. 
He goes on to say, and I quote, right now most of our severe cases are vaccinated. He told Channel 13 News they had at least three injections. Between 70 to 80 percent of the serious cases are fully vaxxed, so the vaccine has no significance regarding severe illness. The number of patients with severe COVID conditions hospitalized in Israel continue to rise in an all-time high Sunday. Israel now has the highest COVID number of COVID deaths per 1 million people in the entire world out of any country and having the highest vaccination rate of any country. Guys, I tried to tell everybody, Dad tried to tell everybody, we tried to get the research out there for the last year and a half. The shot was the main bioweapon. The first thing they brewed up in a lab was very volatile. Whatever that nonsense was that Wuhan built, the thing about that is when you start having a even a modified virus that floats around that you try to basically infect somebody with, so to speak, or accidentally or intentionally infect, whatever you want to think about it, and you basically let it to go out in the population and start flying people everywhere, there's a lot of variables, tons of variables, actually, because you've got people that may have higher immune system, you have people that may not have as so much exposure, you may have a lot of people that are still really healthy, you may have a lot of people that run their C and D really high. There's all kinds of variables as far as trying to get people infected with that virus. Now, if you want to take the variables out of that, you start making people get injected with a bioweapon. Then there's not a whole lot of variables anymore. You understand what you're doing to them. You're doing RNA gene therapy, and you're now causing their bodies to become spike protein manufacturing sites. So they continue to make themselves sicker. It alters their RNA. This is how that shot works. It has been very, very clear evidence, and Malone, the inventor of the RNA technology, Dr. Malone, has talked about it in detail. This obviously is not a coincidence that Israel has the highest vaccination rate in the entire world, and yet they have the highest COVID deaths, and they're having the highest level of hospitalizations of an all-time high, and they're on their fourth booster shot. I think they're discussing going into a fifth booster round sometime this summer or fall now. If you want to see what's really happening, you actually have to look at what's going on, and you can't sit there and follow the fake news CNN every day. Turn off the fake news, do your own research, and make your own conclusion. What do you think, Dad? Well, you know, the thing with the shot and Malone and all the rest of them and all the obfuscation we're getting and the fact that they're trying to, I guess, kill as many Jews as they can over in Israel, and uh, it's just the whole thing is just insanity to me because it shows you the lack of caring that these people have towards other human beings, and it's like a lack of empathy. It's almost like there's some type of socio-psychopathic personality trait or that empathy has been bred out of them, or because they have reptilian fallen angel DNA in them, and they're not really a human species or something else like we had in Genesis chapter 6, they don't really care about humans. It's like this morning I had my three eggs, and I wasn't caring really at all about the chicken egg that I was eating. It's not a fertilized egg. Didn't think much about it. And maybe they see us as a chicken egg. I don't know. But they don't really care about how many of us they kill. But, you know, you're right, Austin. You've got 8 billion people on the planet and about 200,000 of these Kabbalist Luciferians who basically are telling us that they're going to enslave us all. And the ratio of 8 billion versus 200,000, there's a whole lot more of us than there are of them. And people need to realize that. I mean, even when they drop the population of the planet down to 500 million, which is their stated goal, they all get to have their what is it? Their <laughs> their 2,500 slaves each that you know are, are the I guess non fallen angel DNA. I guess we'd be the subcategory of 
ape-like human, I guess they would call us. I don't know what they want to call us, a bunch of sickos. I mean, they don't even want to put God into the mix as far as that we were created in God's image, which we were, and they're trying to constantly tell us about Darwinian lies and evolutionary lies and all of the things they've promoted through the school systems now since the 1800s, you know, when Darwin came out. And you remember when Darwin you know, was the end of his life, he basically said that the whole thing of the theory of evolution was nonsense and it never happened, and basically he wishes he had never done what he did and had written what he had written. Just always remember that. I mean, even he recanted what he had said because he knew it was all about your lies, pushed by the Kabbalist Luciferians to dehumanize human beings and make them less important. That's why when they tell you that the Earth is a speck on a speck traveling at the speed of light being dragged around the universe, you know, in an ever-expanding universe, and that we're one of billions of life-supporting planets, you know, in the cosmos, it makes human beings that much less of an importance in the universe. So, you know, all of these things they've told us over the years, we've got to question all of it. I mean, how much of it's true? We know that the Apollo program back in the 60s, according to a lot of researchers now, and my, one of my friends who was an electrical engineer who worked there, was basically a giant psychop against the American population to try to, you know, tell us how much smarter we were than Russia because our German rocket scientists were smarter than the Russian German rocket scientists through Operation Paperclip, which had been distributed throughout the world, and that we were going to put a man on the moon via Apollo, you know, underneath this giant psych operation that was going on. And then we realize now that, you know, that Richard Nixon was a career criminal, and we can't believe anything he said. So people are always asking me, well, do you believe we went to the moon? My response is always, yes, I believe we've gone to the moon, but I don't think we did it with Apollo. That, that's my response. I think Apollo was a psychop. And, you know, Stanley Kubrick tried to tell us that repeatedly in things that he said and movies that he put out, including The Shining. And all of this stuff is happening in our past that we realize that, you know, is it true or is it not true? Now, a lot of you may believe that we did all that with Apollo. A lot of you may not. I was at Cape Kennedy when Apollo 11 launched. I was at the Banana River about 10 miles away. I watched the Saturn V rocket go up into space. I saw it. So I know that that happened. Do we ever leave Earth orbit? I mean, again, I told you a few weeks ago, I met that, that quote-unquote astronaut at the airport, and he had his handler with him, and I started speaking to him, and I asked him how we got through the Van Allen radiation belt, and he quickly got really nervous like a cat on a hot tin roof and didn't know what to say, and he started telling me how the radiation really wasn't that big of a deal, and they routinely go through it, and that's a total lie because they don't because the shuttle can't enter it because it sh- shorts it out, and all this on and on and on and on stuff. And then we didn't realize that almost every single, basically, what I've read, every single person who supposedly went to the moon or was involved in the Apollo program was a high-level Masonic leader, high-level Mason. You think, well, gosh, why did they do that? Well, those guys are taught to hold secrets and basically just not tell the truth and basically to just not tell people what's going on in their lodges. They're taught to be quiet and not run their mouth. So all of this stuff, then Apollo 1 burning up on the pad when one of those astronauts was about to blow his lid and start talking about what was happening, all of this stuff, you know, is interesting. And then when you get all these scientists and all of these astronauts and you talk to these people who supposedly moved, you know, went on to the moon and you ask them to put their hand on the Bible and swear under oath that they were at the moon, uh, some of them actually end up hitting people and getting in fights. And I've never seen one of them swear on the Bible they went to the moon. So, I mean, so what? what is the truth of all of this stuff? I don't know. 
shoot, man, we've been lied to so much now. We've been stuck in a basement and shoveled up a bunch of manure on top of us, and we're like a bunch of mushrooms kept in the dark. I mean, it's awful what they've done to the human species and what they've done to the American people in general. It's awful. I mean, it really is. And now we've now we've been basically used as a giant lab experiment for a coronavirus, and you know, and we're basically turned the planet into a petri dish. And now we've got all these children dying of myocarditis and pericarditis all over the world. You know, like with hundreds of times higher risks of these different types of diseases with these young kids coming out of England now who've been injected. But they don't care because they're sociopaths, psychopaths. They don't care about human beings whatsoever. They consider you guys to be what they call goyim or cattle. Or basically, uh, people that are just animal, animals. Basically, you're, you're you're livestock to them. You're like that chicken we talked about earlier. They, they they could care less if they kill every single one of you, and they feel the same way about Israel. You know, with the Jews over there, they just should inject them all and kill them all. They, it's the Kabbalists that run the planet, the Luciferians, the synagogue of Satan, and they don't have any more caring for the Jews or for the Christians or for the Hindus or for the Buddhists or anybody, and they really hate the Christians because we were given the answer by Jesus Christ himself, you know, in the image of the Most High God who created us on what we needed to do to fix this. And that's why they've come out against us at full, at full tilt. And, and, we, and we need to realize, back when Rome was doing all of this stuff, you know, with Jesus, you know, when, when, the, when, the, when, the, when the Pharisees asked Pilate to crucify Jesus, and all of the things that was going on, you know, 2,000 years ago, which is, you know, very recorded in history, you know, the United, the, the Rome started coming apart at the seams. Why did that happen? I'll give you a little, give you guys a little bit of history. It was the year 238 A.D. It was like 200 years after the ascension and resurrection of Jesus, and it began with Maximus the first as emperor of Rome. He was a former peasant who had worked his way up through the ranks of the military before being chosen as emperor by his troops. By August of that year, Maximus was dead, and five other men had briefly held the title of emperor. Only one, Gordian III, was still alive by the end of 238 A.D. Now, in Roman history, if you look back at the research and all the things that had been written, this is known as the year of the six emperors. It was obviously a watershed moment in the decline of the empire. It's not like Rome hadn't seen plenty of turmoil before. You know, there'd been a full-blown civil war between Julius Caesar and Pompey, the the, the great, nearly three hour, three centuries prior in, in 49 B.C. before Jesus. Caligula managed to engineer a major supply line crisis during his reign in the early first century A.D., and much of the city of Rome had burned to the ground by Emperor Nero in 64 A.D., and Carcella uh, heavily debased the currency and caused widespread inflation in the early 200s. And more than a dozen emperors had been assassinated up to that point in Roman history. People were used to crisis and chaos, but in the year of the six emperors, it felt different. It was as if Rome suddenly realized that they were no longer the dominant superpower. Over the next few decades, in fact, are known as the crisis of the third century, with more than two dozen emperors seizing the throne in a power struggle, murdering their political enemies, and then being assassinated themselves. Some emperors, like Sabinius, Inquilinus, and Salunius, literally sat on the throne for a matter of days before they were assassinated. See? And so now we're worried about how things are going in our country and what's happening right now. You know, the United States government basically has become extremely unstable and notoriously corrupt, just like Rome. Rome also rigged elections. 
They sent Praetorian guards to harass and intimidate their opponents. And they sowed social conflicts of the Romans turned on one another, exactly what's happening in the United States. In the meantime, the Roman economy was collapsing. Imagine that. Inflation had become so rampant because the Kabbalist Luciferian money changers had come in and started diluting the currency. And the inflation had become so rampant that the Dilosian infamously had to implement extreme price controls and then threatened to kill anyone who didn't follow them. They also lost the control of their borders as countless barbarian tribes poured into the empire and squatted on Roman, Roman lands. It kind of sounds like what's going on with the southern border, doesn't it? The barbarian migration eventually turned into a full-blown invasion and military conflict, and the Roman military lost a number of major battles. In 271 AD, for example, Rome suffered a crushing defeat by the invading Goths at the Battle of Arbertus. The Goths decimated three Roman legions and killed the emperor and stole tons of gold. Even the lowest peasant was able to figure out the dominant superpower didn't lose battles, and now they were losing battles. They, they, dominant super top powers maintain secure borders. They have strong currencies. They don't blow through six leaders in a single year, and they are in a constant state of social revolution, and they aren't bankrupt. Wait a minute. Doesn't that kind of sound like the United States? We're 30 billion, 30 trillion, excuse me, 30 trillion dollars in debt for the first time to these same Kabbalist Luciferian bankers that took over the country in 1913. Isn't that where we are right now with the United States, not even to mention the amount of debt that we have in derivatives against the United States currency. God-dominant superpowers, they don't send their government agents to harass innocent citizens or to tell parents they have to stay, say it, what, they have no say in the education of their children. Dominant superpowers don't suspend their constitution because of a virus. They don't give people incentives not to work. They don't constantly make it difficult for small businesses to succeed. Dominant superpowers don't placate their adversaries and bow to their demands. They aren't afraid to defend, you know, and offend their rivals. Dominant superpowers don't deliberately reduce the military's physical fitness standards in the same name of diversity and inclusion. They don't prioritize equity over national security. Okay, they don't, and they certainly don't fire experienced intelligence operators and officers. Because of individual medical decisions. Dominant decisions, dominant superpowers don't do that. They don't create incentives for countless people to illegally cross the border and to go live under a bridge or to get free housing in the neighborhood down the street. And above else, above all else, dominant superpowers are able to deal with challenges. You know, with all of these things that are going on right now, and then we see what happened when the United States left Afghanistan. And this is a really good article I'm reading from, from Simon Black via the sovereign man. And, and the, thing, the thing about it is this. We have to understand something. Dominant superpowers don't dilute their own population by bringing in tens of millions of illegal immigrants and giving them housing and free phones and free money and free everything else just to debase the currency and destroy the population. Dominant superpowers don't do that. And dominant superpowers don't have people hanging off of airplanes, you know, trying to get out of Afghanistan as they fall to their death. Why Joe Biden, the senile one who basically had that aneurysm back in 88, it's never been right since, who basically is probably pre-stages, if not mid-stages of Alzheimer's disease with all types of drugs and cocktails being given him to speak 
He's not running the country, by the way. I mean, who's running the country? It's not Joe Biden. We know that. And it's all about Cloward and Piven and destroying the internal mechanisms and machinations of the republic. That's what's going on right now. And if we understand that and we look at it and we say, oh, wait a minute, I see it, then it starts making more sense. When you realize that the only group of people, and I said this to you guys two years ago, and Austin and I have talked about it repeatedly, the only group of people powerful enough to shut down the economic world engine are the international bankers, period. Remember years, year ago or so now when, you know, Donald Trump was leaving office and Joe Biden was coming in and all the Democrats were saying, oh, the coronavirus stuff will end now that Joe Biden is in office. It was a political ruse against Donald Trump. And I kept saying, no, it's not. You know, we, we don't think through international politics in the United States. A lot of people don't even know that Joe Biden claims to be president, is president. There was a controversy with the election. A lot of people don't even know who Joe Rogan is. Guys, we got to understand how stupid the American population has become. And all Kardashians, buttocks, that's all they care about. Because that's what's promoted to them as the most important news. Or who Kanye West is dating or whatever. Nobody cares about what's really going on because we're all caught up, or so many people are caught up, in just stupid stuff that is meaningless. But that's the insouciance of the American population now. They become so flippant about what's really happening and what's really going on. And that's a product of the unbelievable dumbing down of our educational system. The other day I asked a kid who came to the house, who's a senior in high school, he's 18 years old, who the president of the United States was. And he had no idea who's the president of Germany, no idea. And I'm like, how can you be this dumb? But it's the fact that most of them can't read. The vast majority of the children now graduating from high school, well over 50%, they're functionally illiterate. Yeah, they, they can pick up a magazine and read parts of it. Try to get them to construct you know, a sentence or a paragraph or to put their thoughts. They're, they're used to writing their texts with, with abbreviations and, and no punctuation, and that's how they write. It's unbelievable when you really get down to what they've done to the school system and how they've dumbed down the population because why? An informed and educated electorate is not easy to manipulate. They're not. They go, well, I don't believe you. And they go, well, what do you mean you don't believe me? I think you're lying. Why do you think I'm lying? Because you're a liar. You lie all the time. You lie about all of this stuff. An informed electorate says that. A dumbed-down electorate can't do that because they have no ability for concrete, rational thought. And they don't know what happened last week because they haven't read anything besides, you know, their tabloid news. They don't read books. I, I had Savannah the other day. We heard Mark Rutland. And she had a friend of hers. She goes, I want to buy a book for my friend. And I'm like, okay, why? Your friend probably can't read. And she says, oh, no, he can read. And I said, I bet you can't read. Why not have him read a paragraph? And she goes, oh, don't embarrass him like that. And I'm like, well, why would I embarrass him by asking him to read a paragraph? Years ago, I'll never forget this. And I'm, I'm being very careful not to step on toes here. This is about 15 years ago. There was a kid that I knew that had been homeschooled. And usually homeschool gets, get, they get pretty good grades and they learn how to read. But the mother was an idiot. Just to be blunt here, not going to mention any names. And she had homeschooled this kid. And he graduated. He was 19, almost 20 years old when he graduated from high school because he wanted to stay in high school so he could play football. I can't even make this stuff up. And then, and finally he was going off to college. He was like going to be 20, going off to college. And, 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 and finally, the Holy Spirit, the kid was at the house one day, and the Holy Spirit checked me and said, have him read a paragraph out of this book. 
As I just picked up a book off the counter, you know, we just have books laid around everywhere. And I said, hey, buddy, can you read this book? Read, read one, 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 one paragraph. And guys, he couldn't read it. He's 20 years old. He couldn't read a book. He couldn't read it. He couldn't read a paragraph. I'm, I'm not making this up. He had to go to Sylvan reading to take remedial reading before he started college because he couldn't read. But he smoked pot all the time. And his parents knew that. They didn't care. But he was a stoner. Stayed stoned for like 12 years up all the way through school, all the way through college, everywhere he went. Still to this day, he's stoned. And you think, wow. And that's from a Christian family. And you think, what the heck? Now I'm go, let's go a step further. Now you go into an educational system where you're being taught critical race theory. And you're being lined up with blacks to whites, and you're having, the, and the whites are having to apologize to all the people of color and all the blacks and everybody else because they've they've dominated them when the kids haven't dominated them at all. But let me tell you the way it is in school, especially if you're in a school that's really physically fit and they have a lot of athletic programs going on. I'm just going to tell you this: in many cases, the black athletes are better than the white athletes. You feel kind of inadequate when you're a 12 year old little white boy and you watch this black kid run a 10 flat 100-yard dash, and you're like, what the heck just happened went by me? I can't do that. I'll be running in 14 seconds. What the heck? And, of course, you have you have some kids that are good white athletes, too. But the vast majority of these really high athletes, high-level high athletes, are, are, are black. So does that mean they're supposed to apologize to us because they can run faster, jump higher than we do? I'm asking you a question. Does that mean that they're supposed to come back and apologize to us because of that? Well, the answer is no. It's stupid. It's like we start having this Black America and you know, Black History Month and all the other stuff. I'm not picking on blacks today. Forgive me, I'm not. But we are supposed to be a country as one. It doesn't matter what color people are. It depends on their character. It depends on their in- how they think. It depends on how they feel. It depends on their patriotism. It depends on their character, and they do what they say they're going to do, and they live the way they say they're going to live, and they respect one another and other people. That's all that matters, whether you're black, white, pink, purple, blue, or green. It doesn't make any difference what color you are. God's no respecter of people, no respecter of man. He'll do the same for one as he will for another. But he wants you to have character and to do what you say you're going to do. And see, that's the thing that we've lost in the school systems now. You know, this is what happened with Rome. And also, the reason I cover that Roman history so in-depth with you today is I wanted to show you how Romans stopped raising little Romans. And they became internally divided, and their currency was debased, and the invaders came in, and their borders were open. Exactly what they're doing to us right now. The Bible says in Ecclesiastes, there's nothing new under the sun. It's the same thing they've done to us a thousand different times in a thousand different generations and a thousand different times of the, of the, of the, of the Bible was being written. They do the same thing over and over. This ancient Canaanite cult, this sex-death cult, it does the same thing over, over, and over again. It's problem, action, solution, it's Galian dialectic, it's divide and conquer. That's all it is. It's always what it's been. And now they've got too many of us, so they've got to basically come in here and do the giant Petri dish experiment on us. You know, haven't you wondered why there was only about 5% of these vials initially that were killing everybody? We don't know what they are now. We know from the initial research that that's what it was. You know, if they had dumped this at 95% of the vials were going to kill everybody and the population of the planet started dropping dead as soon as they started getting these injections, all HE double sticks would have broken loose. And people said, we're not going to do this. We'd have, we'd have had massive government overthrows all over the world because of this four stuff. But now they've injected us with kill shots. They're giving us more and more kill shots via the, how should I say, vaccine booster mandates that they're implementing. 
They're implementing the vaccine passports, which is the Chinese credit score passports. And more and more people are going to start dying now from other, quote, diseases that are side effects from the vaccines. That way they could obfuscate the true death count. I warned everyone two years ago this is what they were going to do. And I told everybody a year, two or three months ago when they started giving everybody these vaccines, I said, this is what's going to happen. We're going to have massive amounts of kill-offs with heart disease, diabetes, cancer, and they're going to blame it all on just increased death rates, and they're going to use it to cover the actual cause of these diseases. When you write down – when you when you do an RNA vaccine and you tell your body's own immune system to downregulate, you're going to get cancer. You're going to have all kinds of degenerative diseases. You're going to have all of this stuff because your immune system is not functioning properly. They knew that. They counted on that. They promoted that, and that's why we found ourselves here. Because they want the old white people dead. Well, that would be me, by the way. Anybody over the age of 50 would be an old white person to these guys. They want us all dead. Because we are the fabric of the society that was taught how to think. Actually taught how to think. And we're the ones that have supposedly taught our children how to think, like I've done with Austin. Though that, in many cases, did not happen as far as other children and other families. But, guys, they don't want us here because we're a thorn in their side. And you got to ask yourself a question. You know, Spotify gives Joe Rogan a, basically a thing. They're going to give him $100 million, you know, in order to move his platform over to them, right? Where do these people get all this money? I want to ask you that question. Where does Spotify come up with $100 million? You know, where does that, how did that happen to start with? You know, how, how does, you know, how does Rumble, who offered him $100 million, also this yesterday, how do they come up with $100 million? Where do they get all this money? Remember that big seminar thing I was telling you about? 20 million live stream people, $10 a person, 200 million in revenue sorted out all of a sudden to one guy putting these big seminars on who puts all these CFR members on. Always follow the money with this stuff, guys. You now you got the Billy Graham Evangelistic Society partnering with Joe Biden to promote proper information to churches. I covered it last week about taking the kill shot, making sure everybody gets injected. I warned you about Billy Graham a long, long time ago and what he was involved with. How in the world did he get primetime coverage on NBC or CBS or ABC for his crusades on Friday night at 9 p.m. when he had these giant crusades? Who else can buy time slots like that? Hmm? Who could do that? How would he work with all these different Democratic and basically Republican presidents? Who gave him the nod and pushed him to these levels? Well, you could say, oh, well, he, he was a good – what was he? You know, why don't you read some of the books on the real Billy Graham, who the real Billy Graham was? Many people believe that he was a 33-degree Mason. I'm one of those people. He's a high-level Masonic leader. I could give you the reasons why, but I don't have time today. But the point is this. Ask yourself a question. You know, is it true or is it not true? I don't know, but I believe that. But all I know is this. Who gets primetime coverage like that? And how do you get enough bandwidth on the Internet to have 20 million people live stream an event with a bunch of CFR speakers? How do you get that? Who's giving them the nod? That's a lot of money, $100 million, throwing that money around, a tenth of a billion. Who gets that kind of money? No one goes over that. No one goes over $50 million. I'm telling you that right now, without somebody giving them the nod. $50 million. Apparently, that, that seems to be the cutoff with these guys. That's why you only have the upper-level Hollywood stars that are worth hundreds of millions of dollars. Most of the ones who aren't involved in some of the weird stuff that goes on in Hollywood, including the adrenochrome, you look at their net worth, they're $10, 15 20 25 $30 million. 
They don't want you to have that kind of money. Why? Because when you have that kind of money, you have the ability to buy an awful lot of marketing and advertisement. You have the ability to get out on media and really build huge media platforms and become a massive social influencer. But if you're on TikTok and you're some little teenage girl and you want to show risque videos of yourself, you may end up with 100 million views. What the heck is that? Yeah. Why do they do that? Because they want to promote the deviancy of our culture. That's why they do it, by the way. It's all about diluting and destroying the Christian values of the United States of America. And yesterday I said, and if you missed yesterday's show, you really need to listen to it. I talked about what happened to me the Chicago talk show one time. And, you know, then I talked to it by my, my, my publicist, Mike Van Norton, right after that. In fact, I called him yesterday, and I spoke to him, and I talked to Larry, one of his friends, who listens to the show every day. And, you know, and I talked about how we have to stand our ground and how the Christian church is a sinking ship that's already launched its lifeboats, and the Ted Nelson Brower show is one of the lifeboats. The ship is going down. And quite frankly, I think it's the Titanic, and I think trying to rearrange the deck chairs on the Titanic is about what we're doing when we try to fix local churches that are masonically controlled. That's what I feel. It's, just, it's, it's, a, it's a lesson of futility of maybe thinking you have some hope because if you get to sit there and listen to music play on the deck as the boat's going down, you're going to be okay. Then you get all this praise and worship music in these churches with all the lights and all the strobe lights and all the smoke and all the fancy dancers with all the holes in their pants and the shorty little, little short shirts and the little short jackets and all the little weird trendy stuff that they do. Where's Jesus in all of that? So are we just basically going to these churches with all of this – fancy stuff and all these fancy lights and laser light shows and smoke as we're rearranging the the chairs on the deck of the Titanic? I think so. I do. That's why we have to continue to glorify God and Jesus and everything that we do think and say. We have to do that. We've got to put him first in our life. I prayed for you guys again this morning. And that's why it's so important to maintain a relationship with Jesus, with God Almighty, every single day. It's not a religion. Get this. It's a relationship. You've got to be able to call on God and ask God. And, you know, it's like if you want to get pregnant, you know, pray if you want a boy or a girl. Say, Lord, I pray for your perfect will to be done in my life and in this marriage or in this pregnancy. I pray for that, but I would like to have a little boy or a little girl, whichever you prefer. It doesn't make any difference. Let God decide the outcome. That's how you do it. You allow God to decide. If you pray for something... Maybe it's not God's perfect will for you. Have you ever thought of that? Have you ever thought that just maybe God's will is something different? And God's, because he controls and sees and monitors the fractal timelines, he knows exactly what's going to happen? Think about it all. Think about how our footsteps are ordered by the Lord, that I have supernatural favor with, with men. Pray that you're always at the right place and the right time every time, that you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. But above all else, and I didn't do this when I was younger, not to the level I do now, rely on the leading of the Holy Spirit to direct and guide you in everything that you do think and say. It's really important to pray about stuff before you do it. It really is. Maybe it's not God's perfect will for you, and maybe he knows if you do this, there's going to be a problem, and maybe he may throw a few barriers up. You start kicking down the barriers and going around his perfect will for your life, you may find yourself in a mess. But then on the other hand, isn't it true 
that we can't sit here and pretend like nothing's happening right now with the globalist, cabalist, luciferian intervention into our lives, especially with this stinking virus they release as bioweapon and the kill shot they're trying to force everybody to take. And we've got to say no to that, too. We've got to realize that God's word is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And I mentioned it yesterday. Don't you know that ye yourselves are God's temple and God's spirit lives within you? And if you destroy God's temple, he will destroy you. And we've got to understand that. You've got to pray for God's will to be done in your life. And you've got to verify what you feel that God wants you to do, being led by the Holy Spirit, by the word of God. God's not going to tell you to do something he told you not to do. He's not going to tell you not to do something and tell you to do it. He's not fickle like that. He's omnipresent. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Always remember that. And always remember, test the spirits that you feel you are hearing from or the voices that you hear. or Whatever you think you hear, make sure it lines up with the word of God. It's really important. A lot of people don't do that. And if you do that, you start to learn very, very quickly that you can be led by the Holy Spirit. And you can walk in the ways of God and not in the ways of the world. And Austin gave you some really good advice either yesterday or the day before when he talked about not bringing these horror programs into your home and these horrible, you know, you know, slasher films into your home and letting that energy field, that those spirits, that filthy stuff come into your house. Avoid it. Do like Job said to do in the Old Testament. Make a covenant with your eyes if you've got a problem at looking at stuff on the Internet you shouldn't look at. Just ask God to make a covenant with you and your eyes, not that you're not going to want to look at this stuff anymore. Get that stuff out of your house. It's so very important, guys. And protect your children. Don't let them get a hold of your iPad or your iPhone. Don't even give them an iPhone until they're 16 years old when they're driving around. They don't need a, They don't need access to the Internet where they can start looking up filth. It's bad enough that their friends are doing it and showing it to them, but they don't need it on their own devices. Think through the decisions that you're making and how it's going to affect you, your family, for eternity. Now, it's not just next week. It's for eternity. Uh, I've, I've gone long enough. Austin, go ahead. What's your next story, bud? Well, absolutely. And the children are something that have to be a huge priority because we've lost that focus. Everybody, again, wants to stay focused on distractions. And it's funny you brought that up, Dad, because, you know, I was reading before, and I've gone into a lot of history. I've always been curious about it with Rome. As you know, pretty much the first true republic and how long it lasted and what occurred. And a lot of people don't realize, you know, the Colosseum and the games and everything that occurred in Rome, they were paid for by the emperor. And they usually were about 10 to 12 times per year. And they, you can look it up very specifically. The games were used as a means to basically keep the masses and the poor and the peasants and just general individuals entertained and in favor of the empire and hope it would not revolt. And the thing was, over time, the games became more and more spectacular, elaborate, more money. And every emperor wanted to outdo the previous competition. And so it became more and more costly to host these games. If you remember the reference in the movie Gladiator, when the, um, the new emperor basically is taken over, the son, and he goes in there talking to him, and some of the guys from uh, basically the Senate – they go, dude, you're doing a hundred days of games. He goes, the people are going to love you for this. He goes, but man, it's going to cost a lot of money. It's a hundred days of straight games, just continual distraction games, theater, fighting, blood, continually. Well, yeah, that's exactly what we've fallen into now with the vast majority of individuals. It's more people, and I know, and this is sad. I can say this. I know a lot of people, a lot of guys, that can tell you every single stat 
of every football player on their professional NFL team that they're basically playing with in their fantasy football team. Everything they've done, every touchdown they've made, how many times they've made it, what year they went to the playoffs, what year they went to the Super Bowl, and give I mean, like a whole like encyclopedia. And I'm sitting, I'm like, wow, you know a lot about a useless topic. I'm like, was that does that make you any money? Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. We, we get in the fantasy football, you know, we, we go back and forth, you know, last, last fantasy football season, I made like $200. Wow. That's exciting. I mean, that's, that's what you want to do, you know, with your off time. That's what you want to read and focus and remember and just be completely consumed with. I mean, okay. So I think there's probably more productive things you could look at, probably more knowledge you could, you know, learn, probably more expansion of your mind you could do as far as understanding more things, maybe trades, maybe more different ideas, maybe concepts, maybe different, you know, skills. But again, that's, that's what somebody wants to do. That's what they want to do. But that's all it is, isn't it? Modern day NFL football. It's just more Coliseum theater to keep everybody distracted. I mean, you'll ask somebody about somebody on an NFL team. And like I said, they'll go on a five minute tirade. And then you'll say, well, you know, what do you think's going on with this? RNA gene therapy shot. What are you talking about? You know, like the COVID shot. Oh, I don't know. I, I don't watch news. I don't watch news. I, I don't like to watch that stuff. You know, I'm telling that. I don't watch news. I don't. I'm like, dude. I'm not talking about watching news. I don't watch news either. So I'm talking about doing your research on what they're trying to force the entire population into doing and mandating. Oh, yeah. Well, I don't. I don't get involved in politics. I don't get involved. This isn't politics. This is about freedom of you know your body to be able to not have something forcibly injected into you. You know, this is about medical experimentation against your will or else you can't have a job. Yeah, 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 but I don't, I don't like to be in politics. I don't want to be involved in that. I'm like, all right, learn, man. Have fun. Go back to your NFL. And that's, again, what they've done so effectively with the mainstream media. It's the same thing with CNN. It's all 100% mind control propaganda to keep you focused on specific topics, to keep you looking in different directions, and, of course, to change the way you think about certain things and the way you perceive things. That's why they come in all the time. They constantly slam anybody that questions you. Misinformation. Like I said before, isn't it funny that the media, the news, the press, this is not a new thing. This has been going on for you know well over 100 plus years, <laughs> more than that, as far as the media and press and everything. But suddenly, suddenly, just in the last couple years now, we have this crazy problem with misinformation no, it's not misinformation. A lot of stuff's very, very accurate, and it's very backed. But if it doesn't go along with the narrative, it immediately is labeled, again, misinformation. It's the same thing that did in the 90s when the CIA helped coin the term conspiracy theorist. Anybody that questioned the narrative, anybody that talked about the FBI and the ATF burning down the Branch Davidians' Waco compound and killing, what, 76 women and children, that was a conspiracy theorist. Anybody that talked about the FBI sniper blowing Randy Weaver's wife's head off at the front door while she was holding their baby child. Oh, that was conspiracy theory. That didn't really happen that way. You got to understand what really happened. Okay, I didn't, I'm pretty sure I've read all the reports on it. Well, no, no, you, gotta, you can't believe everything you hear. I'm like, I'm not. I'm actually reading books and looking at knowledge. I'm just not believing everything I hear on CNN because they lie so much. No, no, no. no. You got, whatever CNN says, that's gospel. That's what they continue to do and tell the populace. This is why some of the populace has become so ignorant on topics. Same thing they're doing in the school systems now. This is why I've been so adamant about it and trying to encourage people to get more involved with their schools. And I think we've been very clear now. 
on what these schools are primarily used to do. Now I saw an article that schools across America are now observing BLM's week of action last week, sparking outrage from parents. I didn't even know this was going on until I saw the article on it. The week of action was observed on a huge amount of schools across America last week from Washington State to Massachusetts called Week of Action from January 31st to February 4th, where schools teach how Black Lives Matter promote the 13 guiding principles. Notice notice the numerology there again. 13 guiding principles. That's a quote from them. The BLM's 13 guiding principles. And it goes on to talk about how globalism, queer affirming, trans affirming, and black villages are all pushed by BLM and basically promoted, and this is what the children need to accept. There's actually a principle of the black village from BLM's own manual. And this is a quote from Black Lives Matter. I'm quoting what they say. We are committed to disrupting the Western-prescribed nuclear family structure requirement by supporting each other as extended families and villages to collectively care for one another, and especially our children, to the degree that mothers, parents, and children are comfortable. Notice, notice what you don't hear in that sentence, in that paragraph. You don't hear the term father. You don't hear that. You hear mother, parents, and children. Well, because BLM are open communists. They do not want to have a father in the household being the alpha male and protecting the family and taking care of them. Because when there's an alpha male and there's a head of the household and the family taking care of them, he doesn't allow this type of perverted filth to be promoted in his household if he has any type of brains. This is why they've promoted the disrupting the Western-prescribed nuclear family structure. So what they're saying is they don't want to have fathers in the household, which, by the way, how's that worked out for that community over the last 60, 70 years now since they've been promoting that? This is what BLM does. They're a directly controlled, Soros-funded terrorist organization that promotes communism under the guise of fighting racism. This is what they do. This is how they promote it. And now they're pushing the doggone school system with the 13 guiding principles. And parents are writing letters and pitching a fit about it. This isn't a singular incident. This is happening all across the country. I even found out about certain things they've done with the transgender promoting, even in our Polk County school system. Right here in Central Florida, I found that out in one, a meeting I went to one time, that they're basically pushing and promoting this and promoting Lori Lightfoot up in Chicago and promoting Little Nas, that, that queer black guy that did the whole serpent video for, for MTV or VMA or whatever it was. This is what they promote is, again, distractions and confusion to the younger generation. Because remember, if you can make a little boy confused about whether or not he's a boy or a girl or a, or a walrus or a manatee or what bathroom he's supposed to go to, you really think he's going to be any type of disruptive individual to the mainstream norm and question the narrative? No, because he's so confused, he doesn't even know what he is. In order for somebody to be able to stand their ground on their convictions in order for somebody to hold firm on their line that they know to be true, they have to know who they are. If you don't know who you are, if you don't understand base psychology and able to self-analyze yourself to at least some degree with some concrete rational thought, you're not really going to be able to understand anything else if you can't understand yourself. You're just going to be confused about pretty much everything, and you're going to go with which, which opinion is basically the convenient or the popular or the trending one. We've watched this now very easily with COVID. So many people that did not have a true identity in who they were and were completely confused, 
they simply found themselves in the thrall of the next COVID, you know, you know, uh, order now with the whole, the whole entire Covidian cult. This is what they found themselves in. This is what happens, and this is why they constantly bring up a new boogeyman every couple years. Right now, the boogeyman's COVID. Before that, the boogeyman was Trump. Before that, the boogeyman was ISIS. Before that, the boogeyman was Al-Qaeda. Now the next boogeyman is basically people that don't agree with mandates and you know Christian American patriots that don't want to go along with the New World Order. We're the next boogeyman now with January 6th. You can see how that's trending. This is what they do. So if you know their game plan, you know their outline, and you know their overall goal, you have to address it, and you have to get prepared for it, and you have to teach your children what they're trying to do so they can recognize it when they see it and don't fall prey to the sadistic, satanic lies that they're trying to push so aggressively on our young children right now. But when I saw this the other day, the first thing I saw was 13 guiding principles from BLM. I'm like, you got to be kidding me. I mean, they they got to put 13 in there? That's just the overall one that they're going to use? Well, yeah, of course, because they're a cultish, and the numerology is so important to them. That's why they have always specific dates they've done stuff on repeatedly. This is so important. Your children understand this. You have to get the truth out there, and you have to teach them what the values are, what their principles are, what their ethics are, that they do what they say they're going to do. They're going to hold to their word. That they're going to stand up for what's right. That if they see somebody basically getting hurt or they see a female basically getting robbed or mugged or something, they get involved. They don't pull out their stupid phone and record it like a complete and total piece of crap and stand there and watch somebody get beat down. Because, well, I'm going to record it. I don't want to be involved in it. I saw a, a news article the other day out of Berlin, Germany. 17-year-old girl was on a tram like a, one of the, the railway subs, and there was an altercation. There were three females and three males, six people total, that saw her and basically got in a huge conflict with her because she wouldn't wear a mask. She was no, I'm not wearing a mask. And she got off the train, and they beat her unconscious so she had to go into the hospital with critical injuries. The three males were actually apprehended because they got caught on camera. The three females, they still haven't found them. That's... And people recorded it. They said they were people who recorded the situation. And I get it. If, if you're not physically able-bodied to get involved with something or you're elderly or something like that, I get it. I get that. I'm not telling somebody that's 70 years old to go get a fist fight. But what I'm saying is if you're a grown, able-bodied male that knows how to defend themselves properly, what's the worst thing that happens? You get hit in the face a couple times? I mean, that sucks. Don't get me wrong. That's not fun. First time you get hit in the nose is not fun at all. But quite frankly, I'll tell you right now. He's, you start having one or two or three grown men that jump on those six people, they're not going to stand around and get in a fight very long. They're going to be like, whoa, this isn't fun. It's easy for six people to gang up on one person. It's easy to do that. That's what losers do because they don't know how to fight. This is what we have to start encouraging our young children. Get them involved in defensive techniques. Get them in karate or jujitsu with shoot fighting. Let them understand basic fighting tactics. This concept of being able to defend yourself and this concept of it's wrong to fight and it's wrong to stand up is so idiotic. It blows my mind. The entire world is constantly in a fight. Battle, war, engagements. This is not something new. This is not something novel. This is not some new idea. But for some reason now, we've made it like this taboo idea now to be a strong individual that can defend themselves. And again, 
That's all comes back to the communist globalist indoctrination where they tell people you don't have a right to defend yourself. If you're getting robbed or you're getting raped, lay on the ground and blow your rape whistle and urinate on yourself. This is what they say sometimes. That's what they said in Germany. Went well, defecate on yourself if somebody's trying to do it. That way they'll be deterred not to mess with you. Really? We, we're talking about be, be, like training beat dogs now? Oh, if you, if you hit the dog, he'll urinate on himself. That's, that's, that's what they're training people to do. No, that's not okay. Not in a free country, not in a civilized society, and not in a republic, and not in a Christian nation. At least that's what we were. I hope we can still maintain that. So again, thank you, my friends, for continuing to raise little Americans and learn and stand up for what's true and what's free. If you guys need anything, be sure, as always, to check it out. Healthmasters.com, constant specials, sales going on there all the time. If you need anything, need updates on stuff, feel free to give us a call. We still, we're here 9 to 5, Monday through Friday. We still answer our phone. <laughs> Unlike most other companies that send you to 50 different prompts or go send you to voicemails, Sometimes we are busy. Sometimes you may have to sit on hold for a few minutes. I, that does happen because, you know, we have limited staff here and phones do get busy. But, again, if you need something, 1-800-726-1834, healthmasters.com. Be sure to check out the Purple Sticks. Got some more of those coming in. Very, very popular product. Got a whole box in the back right now. I had, I had another customer come in and buy one of the case slots the other day. He loves them. He wants to stay stocked up on it. He's like, man, you guys run out of them a lot. I'm like, well, we're trying not to. He's like, well, I'm going to buy another case from you. I said, well, come get them. I said, I know a lot of people use them as alternatives to coffee because they're much, much healthier for you. It's the alternative with the antioxidant blend and all the other superfood blends in it. So be sure to check those out, healthmasters.com. And thank you for getting the show out there. Thank you for forwarding the truth, forwarding freedom. You guys have a blessed, safe, awesome night, my friends. And we'll talk to you again tomorrow as always. Broadcasting to the U.S. and around the world by way of clear digital audio, 22,500 miles above the planet. This is the Global Star Radio Network. <laughs>